Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Kei te whakaronga mai kwe ki tō tātou al horihori. Hei hōtake e pānaki a papatuanuku tangaroa mei rangi nui. You're with Our Changing World on RNZ National. And if you'd like to get our weekly Wednesday email that tells you what's coming up on the show and gives you links to the online features, just head to our webpage, rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld, and you'll find the subscribe button on the right-hand side of the page. You could even do that while you listen to our next story on Trojan mites. We're all familiar with wasps. They're those nasty introduced stingy insects that bother us on picnics. They cost New Zealand's economy more than $130 million a year, affecting farming, beekeeping, horticulture and forestry workers. They're also having a huge impact on the ecology of our southern beech forests, especially in the South Island. The new wasp poison Vespex is proving to be a very useful way to control wasp numbers. But at a recent wasp workshop, I heard about some of the other tools that biologists are hoping might be added to the anti-wasp arsenal. Landcare researcher Bob Brown is one of a team working on biocontrol, the idea that you introduce a good species to control the bad species. He's found a mite that he hopes could be used as a Trojan mite to introduce diseases into wasp nests. I'm off to Lincoln to find out more. It's quite cold in here, Bob. <laughs> yes, this is uh, a cold room in the insect quarantine building at Lancaster Research. And you've got a ton of bits of wasp nests in here. Yes. So well, you've been busy for the last few months. <laughs> you can see all of these buckets were nests that I excavated in the last month or so. so. And these are nests of what kind of wasp? Most of them are the common wasp. The odd one is a German wasp, but that's just because the common wasp is more common. Wasp nests, we better describe it to the listeners. They're a thing of beauty, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, well, if, if you look at it, there's a lot of similarity between the wasp nest comb and honeycomb. But these look like they're made out, well, not of wax, but they look like they're almost made out of brown paper. Cardboard. Yes, they are. Yes, they are, definitely. And they, it's a mixture of kind of decaying wood and wasp spit. <laughs> so, yeah. Decaying wood and wasp spit, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So why have you been digging up all of these nests? Well, it's, it's part of a survey to, to look at the effect of a potential biocontrol agent. So what we're doing is we're, we're digging up nests. I separate all of the comb out, take photographs, go through and count all of the individual cells, and then we take as much comb as we can fit into a, kind of an, an extraction mechanism. Actually, you've got that in the other room. Should we just sure. go and have a look at that? Sure. What are you doing? You've got these okay. funnels here. It's nice and warm in here. Yes, it's, in this room it's about 30 degrees. We've got these stainless steel funnels. There's a, a chamber on top of the funnel about 15 centimeters deep and we put part of the wasp nest in there and then at the top we put a 
50 watt halogen light and that provides heat and these guys in order to avoid the heat and the, the, the drying out of the of the nest they they go down and at the bottom of the, the funnel is a a vial that we collect the, the insects in. Okay so tell me a bit about these insects that you found. It's a new species of mite and I've only found them in nests that are much smaller than nests that don't have the mite. You just came across these mites while doing something else, is that yes. how it works? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had a, a room full of nests and I started to see these things walking across the countertop. So you clearly weren't expecting to see them, no, so then no. you had to work out well, what they were. There, there's nothing in, in the literature about them, so <laughs> I had to send these into MPI, which was MAF at the time to get them identified and it's been here for quite a while but it was just labeled as an unknown species. Does it have a name now? It does. It's not a very easy name to say. It's Numa Laleps Tarani. So the mite now has a name yes. but when you saw it you realized it was having a bit of an impact on the size of the wasp nests. Yes. So I was only finding these mites in nests that were less aggressive. The workers would fly out, but they didn't attack like they normally do. And they just flew around like they were confused more than anything. So you're investigating but, it as a possible biocontrol agent, but perhaps yes. let's step back a second because this wouldn't be the first time that we've tried to introduce a biocontrol agent no, for these introduced wasps. That's correct. Um, there was, that started in the early 80s when uh, the parasitic wasp Spicophaga was introduced and that had limited success. There's several reasons for that, and we're just now kind of figuring why it didn't work. So and what kind of reasons did you come up with? Well, for one, the three species that were introduced are from a different range. So the wasps that we have here are from, essentially from the UK, the United and if Kingdom. And we only just worked that out? Yes. So, so our common can... wasps are from UK, Yeah. and where did this parasitic wasp come from? Uh, <laughs> There was a lot of work on one, one species from Washington State in the U.S., so the Pacific Northwest of the U.S., and that's... That's quite a long way from the U.K. Thousands of Ks from the, from the U.K., yes. And the, the, they don't even have the same species of wasps. It was a bit of a gamble because you can have what's called a, a new association where a parasite can shift host and then it can be devastating. You see that in the varroa mite on honeybees. The host that they evolved on is the Asian honeybee, and once they jumped over to the European honeybee, they've got a massive devastation, basically. So there was a chance that this parasite could have had a devastating effect on our common Yes, yes, definitely. Didn't. Exactly. It's definitely worth a try, and back then we didn't know where these wasps came from. So have you got some of those parasitoids in this container over yes, here? Yes, I do. I've got... Can, um, the... can we see any of them? Yeah, yeah, here's one walking around on oh, some comb. Okay, it's they're a, quite big. Yeah, there's two phases essentially. There's a, a smaller phase that has really small wings and they can't fly. And their main purpose is to stay in the nest and just reproduce like crazy. And then there's the larger one that we just saw a second ago. Ambling around? Yes, and she's a bigger wasp and she's got full-size wings and she she can fly. These are the ones that would go to try to find new new nests to infest. 
So basically these parasitoids are still around, but they're yes. just not having a great impact. No, they're not. And these ones, the, the species that's still around was introduced from Switzerland. But I have to, to remove any workers that emerge because the workers will kill these adult parasitoid wasps. The parasitoids yeah. somehow aren't flying under the radar like yes, you want them to. Yes, exactly. Normally, if, if a parasite is co-evolved with its host, figuratively speaking, it knows how to avoid the, the hygienic behavior of the host. So it knows how to camouflage itself. Yeah, exactly. In the, in the and so one of, one of the terms that, that often comes up, particularly with social insects, is chemical camouflage. And what we plan to do is to go to the UK and dig up some nests from the, the areas where we can trace the, the, the New Zealand population back to and look for the same species of parasitoid wasps to bring back over and test the difference in their effectiveness. In a sense, you're revisiting this wasp parasitoid. Yes. And at the same time, you're looking at this new mite going, could yes. this also be a new yes. biocontrol agent? Yes. The problem with the mite is that it's very difficult to work with. And so this project is on biocontrol of wasps. So we're, we're looking at as whatever we can. Uh, the interesting thing about the mite was that it was new. Nobody had ever found these, these mites and wasps. We expect that they were probably transferred with the wasps when they were introduced because we can we find them on uh, overwintering queens and there was a survey that we we've had the last couple of years where we asked the public to mail in overwintering queens that they find in their wood piles or in their, their, their garage or whatever and that gave us the range of of the mites so we know that the mites range from Southland to Northland, so they're right throughout the whole country. And you know, you, you get these—it's it's great seeing these these queens that are mailed in, and you know, they've got anywhere from one to fifty or a hundred mites on their on their backs. And it's just you know, how do they know that that's the only cast that is going to overwinter? And what we found in the lab is that. Unlike a lot of other mites, these aren't direct parasites on, on the, the body fluid of the wasps. They seem to be feeding directly from the mouth of, of the immature wasps. In a wasp colony, the larvae or the immature wasps are the stomach. So they do all of the digestion for the, for the whole colony. So workers go out, they forage, they bring in flies or whatever, you know, any, any kind of protein that they can get, but they can't digest it themselves. So they, they bring it in, they feed it to the larvae, and the, the larvae will, will digest it, and then they regurgitate that out. I mean, it sounds disgusting, but it's a superfood, essentially, and it's got all the amino acids that they need. The mites are just on the fringe feeding on that. And so if they end up having any virus or any kind of pathogen that could quickly spread throughout the colony and just because of the social way that they, they feed. So does this mean that you're thinking that rather than the mites having a direct negative impact on the, the nest, you could use it in some way just to spread a disease of some kind? Yes, exactly. So it's not a, a classical bio, biological control agent where they would go out and eat the larvae or the adults or whatever. 
it is similar to varroamite because varroamite, they're not physically damaging just from their feeding. The reason that they're so damaging is that they vector different viruses. So this is pretty early days yet for the mite. Is the work going as well as you want it to? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bother. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's... It's really interesting um, with the, the surveys and things, we're, we're getting a, a good idea that the nests that these mites are present in are much smaller than uninfested nests. But we can't really say exactly why. And we've had a few goes at looking at the, the pathogens that are in wasps and are also in the, the mites, but that's been quite problematic. So at the moment you don't know whether or not it's the silver bullet you're looking for? Well, I would say it's definitely not, because for some reason they're only in a certain amount of nests, but they're spread throughout the country. Why are some nests susceptible and others perfectly happy living right next to another nest that has the mites? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of questions. So have you got any other biocontrol options you're looking at? You're going back to the parasitic wasp. Yes. You're looking at the mite. Anything else on your radar? Um, yes, definitely. There's a, a hoverfly that looks very interesting that's in southern England. And one of the reasons why that one is so appealing is that it's more of a general wasp parasite. So if any other species were introduced, it would be a good first line of defense because it's specific to social wasps, but not specific to the common wasp or the German wasp. That was Bob Brown, an entomologist with Landcare Research. That's all for now. For more, check us out on the web, rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld. Kakite anō. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.